ESPN Plus, the ESPN app. You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment. You, you hire somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 88-9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. I will ride with the wolves. I'll run with the wolves. I'll run with the wolves. And Eric Fry. Why are all the fingers getting pointed at me? It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in, a good a Monday to you out there. Welcome in to another edition, another day of the starting lineup here on a 98.9 of the game ESPN radio. It is Monday, November 21st, 2022. It's also feast week, Thanksgiving week as well. What's happening out there? Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you here on this Monday. And uh, coming up for you, we got a good show uh, lined up for you. As always, lots to talk about from the uh, post weekend. We'll talk everything uh, coming up about the uh, college, college sports, college basketball, college football. All that good stuff that happened this weekend. We'll also get to uh, some local sports that occurred this weekend and on a Friday night. And we'll get set for what's happening tonight as some Thanksgiving tournaments are getting Mm -hmm. underway in the way of boys at basketball, that is. So it is uh, finally here. It is finally upon us that the uh, boys' basketball season is uh, tipping off after the girls got it started uh, last week. And so we'll update you that on the schedule, what's happening uh, today and what our schedule looks like for the uh, rest of the week as well and uh, we'll also it's the post weekend so we got the top three moments from the uh, sports weekend as well and also we got a couple of area coaches to uh, talk to as nice. well yes. as we got uh, coach rinker from uh, st anthony caught up with him uh, the other day and then uh, i caught up with coach fiesel from uh, st Elmo brownstown and uh, those two ntc coaches will be coming up at uh, some point during the program yeah and a jam-packed we'll get to it jam-packed night tonight of boys girls and junior high basketball all going mm-hmm. on this evening there you go yes. and also we got some uh, local football to talk about as well the uh, oh, semifinals yes. Yes. and the championships are this weekend and we'll uh, take a look at who advanced there in each of the uh, classes only had one game there on that high school pick that we'll recap and we also picked up pro games in illinois of course as well and we'll get to that recap as well and whatever we get to here in uh, the uh, treasure hour if we don't get to it, we'll get to it in the uh, podcast form. And uh, that could include the NFL, NBA, NHL, all of those other national sports as well. And, hey, I guess the World Cup started. Yeah, USA plays today. <laughs> Yay. 1 o'clock. Yay, USA all the way. USA all the way. 
we'll get you a preview of that uh, match a little bit later on as well. Okay, we will. <laughs> and so make sure you stick around <laughs> for uh, that one. And uh, we need to. We have a lot to get to here today, so we need to get right into it. We need to get to it with the first things first. Before we get into the show. First things first. And we will uh, start off with uh, the uh, games that you heard uh, this weekend here on a 98.9. The game, of course, and of course I'm talking about Illinois sports. We said that what a weekend it could have been and uh, what a weekend it was as it uh, started off uh, good there on a Friday night with uh, the uh, men's basketball team with a uh, come from behind a victory over UCLA while they were down by 14, 16 points at one point there on a Friday night. And then, uh, well, Sincere Harris happened and he came into the game and completely flipped that game uh, on its head and uh, stealing left and right. There was a bunch of turnovers by both squads and uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. is the man. I don't know why Texas yeah. Tech let this guy go or why he chose to enter the transfer portal and came to Illinois. was certainly glad that he did. And a T- or Terrence Shannon jersey is on the way to my house. <laughs> and after Friday night's performance, he just went off eight for nine from a deep. He was just feeling he was like Steph Curry out there. A couple of the heat check threes that he had. And he finished with 29 points for the game. And, uh, Illinois with a huge win on uh, Friday night in the uh, main event to advance to Sunday. But first, we didn't happen until Friday. So uh, what a win it was on Friday to start off the weekend for the Illini. Yeah, starting off the weekend good. You're feeling good. You're, you're you know, uh, Friday night I think was a great win for the Illini. Um, and like you said, it was definitely a signature moment for uh, Shannon Jr. Uh, it was his mm-hmm. kind of coming out party nationally on a yeah. big stage against a big-time team. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, uh, you know, uh, he uh, um, had that great game. Um, you know, even though the UCLA coach didn't want to really – was perplexed why they would ask about Sincere Harris there. A guy only played uh, nine minutes who had four points but uh, was very efficient in his uh, minutes and caused a lot of chaos there and a lot of uh, havoc happening there. And also a player that, that showed up as well, um, um, Matthew Meyer. Uh, you know, he's only two for six from uh, beyond the arc, but he had 11 points. So his mm-hmm. best performance of the season so far. And, you know, all these cupcake teams that we've beaten so far in the season, UCLA was no cupcake no. at all. And it was also a good showing for Illini Nation as well as people nationally and on the college basketball level were just raving about the uh, – atmosphere that was created by uh, Illinois on Friday and they were just really loving about how Illinois travels and how well yeah. the fan base uh, was there on Friday night so that was also a good opportunity to showcase the, the university and you know showcase for the fans as well yeah absolutely it was and it was a, a great way to start off the weekend if you were U of I Great way to start the weekend, and so we uh, carry that in uh, to a uh, Saturday morning. I'm sure maybe some of those uh, fans had a late night there in uh, Vegas, and so it was a quick turnaround 
to uh, watch the uh, football game uh, there wherever they chose to watch it. I know some of the uh, media uh, reporters were at that poolside uh, hotel checking mm-hmm. it out on the big screen. Of course, I'm talking about the Michigan-Illinois game there on a Saturday. And boy, oh boy, we almost got them. We almost upset the number three team in the land in their own house. But if it wasn't for those stinking officials again, yep. and the game-winning field goal by Michigan there late gave them the two-point win, so they barely squeak by the U of I. Nineteen to seventeen was the final there on Saturday morning. Now the officials did not help at all. I will agree with you 100 <laughs> percent on the on this case, Travis. But and I will go back to it: the final <clears throat> drive of the Illini offensively, they needed to be more aggressive to get that first down. They yeah. needed to. I know there was a holding penalty. They were close on, on a, I believe it was second down. They got close. Holding penalty pushed them back there at the end and really set them up in a tough third down. I think it was third and 13 or so. It was definitely third and long. Right? Um, and, and put them in a, put them behind the sticks at that point. But you you need to do whatever you can because that, that the next play they ran it with, with Chase Brown. And I'm not saying that running it with Chase Brown is not a good idea. But you needed a first down there. A first down, you iced the game. Yeah. And instead, not only did the holding penalty put you back, it stopped the clock, it saved a timeout for Michigan, plus then you go on third down, you just run it. I understand, well, you run it to keep the clock running, but you needed a first down there. A first down there, and you're in 100% control. Michigan can stop it once. Yeah. That's it. They can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think maybe the, I would I would agree with, with you in some aspects there of being uh, more aggressive there on the final drive, but uh, Coach Bielema's probably and the coaching staff's thinking there was that they were uh, being conservative with uh, the play calling and uh, trying to let Michigan use all their timeouts and kind of, uh, you know, have them have zero timeouts with, with their offensive possession. And you're putting the game in the hands of your defense, which has been uh, great, and it was uh, good there uh, on Saturday so you know you're have faith in your defense there with no timeouts for Michigan yes that's their thinking except for to me college football is different because of the fact every time you get a first down it stops the clock yeah so not having any timeouts doesn't do anything if you keep giving up first downs right so it to me Use, having Michigan use their timeout didn't matter because it was only a field goal that would cost you. If it was a touchdown, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But since it was only a field goal, they just needed to get it to the 30 <coughs> to have a chance. Mm-hmm. And yep. the punt game was not working well at all for Illinois all game. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, uh, this this game, again, it just seems like it happens over the last couple of weeks and then it showed up again on Saturday. Offensive line, man, like yeah. what is wrong with their discipline of that one? I can't remember what quarter it was. I think it was early on. It was a fourth down around the goal line. It wasn't fourth and goal or anything, but it was like fourth and one. And if they would have got the first down, they would have been in a goal line situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was fourth down and then another uh, false start yeah. on an important fourth down. And then later on in the game, it was probably third or fourth quarter, maybe early fourth quarter, that Chase Brown uh, run that yep. was a good gainer, and it was negated by a holding penalty uh, there. So it was offensive line coming up with these penalties in these worst spots possible uh, for the Illini. Well, it just keeps happening week after week. On that final drive, you know, yeah, you yeah. had the, the – um, DeVito ran – Got it close to the first down, set you up with a manageable third down play. 
that was negated by a holding call. Mm-hmm. And he he made that work to where he put you in position to get the first down there. And yeah. there at that point, if it's third and one, third and two, and you run up with Chase Brown, that's a win. Mm-hmm. You, you can put the W on the board. But it negated it, pushed it back 10 yards, and stopped the clock <laughs> in a critical moment when you can't have it. And, Travis, I think it's in – it's in their head now. It is in their head that I think they feel the refs are out to get us. So what does it matter? They're nitpicking every single thing we do. And if they are or they aren't, doesn't matter. It's in Illinois' head now. Because yeah, it's happened for three straight weeks now. Definitely Coach Bielham, uh, yes. in mind for sure with the, the press conference and the, the comments at halftime yep. uh, as well when the ESPN reporter asked yep. the question about the officials. And, you know, he took to social media as well and, you know, particularly on the final drive for Michigan to mm-hmm. set up the game-winning touchdown. That had a couple of questionable things that happened. That fourth down call that was, you know, the receiver was blocking yep. oh, yeah. before the I other Michigan receiver caught the ball. That's an illegal play. That's yep. not a pick play. That's a guy just straight blocking and downfield. And let's go. Let's, that's not even bringing up, Travis, the catch that wasn't. That's, that's the second one I was going to yeah. mention there. Yeah. That, you know, it looked like it hit the ground there and they called it a catch. And, you know, that set him up even closer for the game winner. I was listening to the radio broadcast at that point. Mm-hmm. And I forget who Bielma's partner is. So forgive me. Sorry. But they quit talking about it because they're like, there's no way this is called a catch. Mm-hmm. There's no way they're going to call it a catch. The point of the football hits the ground. Yeah. So they started talking about it's going to be fourth down for Michigan. What do they do at this point? And they come back and say it's a catch. Mm-hmm. And it totally. Can you say the officials are out to get Illinois? I, I can't firmly say that. I, I think that's a little conspiracy theory ish. Yeah. What I will say is, do I feel over the past couple of games, Illinois is being roughed a lot closer than a lot of other teams are? I think I would say that. But again, and I said this argument last week, I said it the week before, going in, you have to recognize this. If at halftime you need to make adjustments for it, don't put yourself in a situation. Now, the defensive penalties I don't think were nearly as bad for Illinois this week. No, It was all offense, and you can't help – like, you. that is on the offensive player. Yeah. When you're false starting and you're holding – False start. You're you're false starting and you're holding. Yeah, and I think on that one fourth down play late in the game that uh, one of the linemen didn't even get out of their stance, no. really, so they don't even know the snap count or anything. So. And that's just <laughs> – That's definitely on them. That is a moment, Travis, uh, where I think the moment got to them. Yeah. Again, this isn't a situation Illinois is used to being in. Let's be honest. Yeah. You're not supposed to go to Michigan and be in a position to be ahead. Be in it, yeah. You're not yeah. supposed to be taking on Purdue with a shot at the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. These are not situations Illinois football is used to being in. Right. Yep. But it's no excuse. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Bielema should use the refs as an excuse. Is it a factor? Sure, you can say it's a factor. But there were a lot of other things that were factors in the loss for Illinois. Oh, yeah, sure. Not not blaming the officials, just simply criticizing uh, them for uh, another 
a subpar for performance, but Michigan shouldn't really be proud of this win. That uh, I think they were overlooking Illinois with the mm-hmm. matchup next week with, with Ohio State. And so take was Ohio State. Uh, by the way. Seriously, yeah, Perhaps. but they, yeah, they finally <laughs> turned it around. They they got it together and they started to blow out uh, Maryland there. Uh, Chase Brown with another uh, great game for Illinois: twenty nine carries, uh, hundred and forty eight yards, two touchdowns. I think that one, uh, the longest one, that thirty seven yarder, looked really nice. Uh, there and that would have been a signature moment on mm-hmm. his highlight reel if Illinois could have pulled out the victory. But you know, I I told you this on Saturday, and I told everybody that I talked to this weekend that I was happy that the Illini only lost by two points. Again, I said it on Friday. I would have been happy for a close loss rather than a blowout. I'm happy that we're sitting here on a Monday morning talking about us almost beating Michigan rather than getting blown out and getting the doors blown off of us. I, I would much rather see us talking about how bad the officiating was in a two-point loss than a 50 to nothing blowout. No, because you had it. You were one we did, yeah. play away from winning, Travis. Yeah. That hurts more. Nah. Yes, it hurts more because you were in it, you had it, it was right there, and you fumbled at the one. Yeah. Not literally, but... Figuratively. Figuratively, yes. You fumbled it at the end. Mm-hmm. And that is why it's frustrating. And that's why it's more frustrating yeah, than getting blown fu- out. It's definitely frustrating. And we're going to have to make ourselves uh, you know, better to close out the season now. Unfortunately, or fortunately for Illinois, uh, they got Northwestern to uh, close mm-hmm. out the year. And they still haven't won on American soil as they lost again on Saturday. And uh, so if Illinois can uh, pull it off here in Northwestern, then they can be 8-4 and four on the season and set themselves up for a better bowl uh, there. And, you know, maybe some of the committee looked at, you know, how well the basketball team fan base travels. So maybe they no, might see that. You're not getting a New Year's Bowl. Oh, well, no. You're not getting anywhere close to it. Well, I'm not saying that. No. Not I'm saying better. Better than a se- if your record's seven and five. Well, yeah, uh, obviously. I'm not shooting for the stars or anything. Well, at one point we were. At one we point were. we were but there. We're not. But and we're now not. Now you've now. lost three in a row, Travis. I just want us mm-hmm. to beat Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe if we don't beat Northwestern, we should just pack it in and we shouldn't even go to a bowl game because I mean that would be pretty pathetic. That would honestly. <laughs> like <laughs> Illinois has been right there. And again, I think it's a case of not being there before. Sure, it definitely is a is a factor, uh, for sure, Bob. Uh, so we were one and one on the uh, weekend, and I know that we were kind of running long here on on the segment. So maybe we'll save the other basketball game for another for later on. Well, I was gonna say after Saturday, Travis, we're actually two and one as Illinois girls got the win up in Champaign. There you a, go. A thousand fans, by the way. More people need to be there because the Illinois basketball girls team are four and zero. They beat Evansville ninety three to fifty four. Yeah, four and zero. Nice start by the uh, ladies there in uh, Champaign, uh, for sure, with a new head coach yep. uh, there. Uh, but then uh, Virginia got them on uh, Sunday, though, in that uh, championship game there of the uh, main event. And so uh, well, I want to save that for a little bit yeah. uh, later since we've uh, ran along here in this segment because we got some uh, local sports to uh, get to at the high school level. What happened this weekend and we set for what is on a tap for today for the uh, turkey tournaments and all sorts of uh, basketball action coming up uh, tonight. And that's what we're talking about coming up next. 
We'll be right back to the starting lineup. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment. The new iPhone 14 Pro is here with the most advanced iPhone display ever, and the place to get it is at T-Mobile. Now you can take your iPhone beyond with coverage that goes beyond. <laughs> You're really having fun over there. Have you been streaming Ted Lasso this whole time? Yeah, I got the new iPhone 14 Pro at T-Mobile, and Apple TV Plus is included with our plan. It has an amazing display, so all the shows look fantastic. Nice, but we're almost to the airport. You better download the rest of it. No need. T-Mobile's got me covered with unlimited in-flight Wi-Fi so I can stream all flight long. I'm catching up on the morning show next. I'm going to make a quick stop. Wait, where are we going? I'm going to T-Mobile. Switch to T-Mobile and get the new iPhone 14 Pro on us with eligible trading on the Magenta Max plan. With nationwide coverage and Apple TV Plus included, take your iPhone experience beyond with T-Mobile. With 24 monthly bill credits plus tax for well-qualified customers, contact us before canceling service to continue remaining bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement is due. Apple TV Plus on us up to $4.99 value. In-flight Wi-Fi on select U.S. airlines where available. See T-Mobile.com for details. It's finally deer season, and McMahon Meats is your deer processing headquarters. Shotgun or bow, however you go, we can help you get your meat on the table. At McMahon Meats, we keep all the meat separate, so the deer meat you bring in is the deer meat you get back. We can customize your orders with several flavors of deer, sausage, Slim Jims, and jerky. Good luck to all the hunters this deer season. Call McMahon Meats at 217-813-6054 for all your processing needs. Find us on Facebook or www.mcmahonmeats.com. Located on Route 40 between Effingham and Teutopolis, McMahon meets where quality and convenience meet tradition. The Cromwell Media Group of Illinois operated radio stations WCRC, WCRA, WHQQ, WJKG, and 96.3 Classic Rock is an equal opportunity employer dedicated to providing broad outreach regarding job vacancies. We seek the help of local organizations in referring qualified applicants to our stations. Organizations that wish to receive our vacancy information should contact Cindy Hansen, EEO Manager, at 217-428-4487. That's 217-428-4487. Football season is underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan. Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. one 877 stop Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. And now, this is like Christmas morning. Everybody has a chance. It is opening day. Baseball is back. We've waited since the last out was made in that World Series, and it's finally here. There's a reason why I haven't talked yet. and I think opening day is overrated. The starting lineup. Oh, boy. I enjoy the final day of the season more than opening day. Oh. And I'm not saying it's not an exciting day, but... There's 162 more games ahead of us. Like, this is the first one. This is first one back after months. It's just a great day for baseball to be back. Sorry, I, I don't feel the same way. I don't know what it's unbelievable. Else to say. 
here on the, one of the most exciting days in sports, and it's overrated. To me, it this is. This has got to be a joke. No. Right? No. We're getting punked. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in here to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you here on this uh, Monday. Coming up, we'll be talking uh, some uh, local uh, football. The uh, semifinals are uh, done and the championship matchups are uh, set. And we'll update you on that coming up here in uh, just a second. But let's take a look at what happened on the hardwood this weekend and on a Friday it was FEM picking up their first win and it was in their first game of the season as they defeated Dietrich by 10 53 to 43 and it really was a second quarter there for FEM. Uh, they uh, took control of this one, and, uh, and they never looked back. But, hey, Dietrich never really went away uh, either there. Uh, but uh, Beals led the way. She had 17 uh, points uh, for the uh, Lady Hearts getting the uh, opening up the season with a win. Mm-hmm. It was North Clay over uh, South Central on a Friday, 57-51 to uh, 51 was the uh, final uh, there. Um, some games that happened on a Saturday. It was uh, Arthur Lovington out with Hammond over a KZ 51 to a 30. It was Pena over Alney 51 to a 38. And it was a Champagne Central over Charleston 94 to a 17. And it went in the Centralia tournament. It was ended up being topless finishing in a second place there as uh, they defeated Centralia 46 32. But then in the uh, championship, it was Highland who uh, got him and won 31 to uh, 28 over the uh, Lady of Shoes uh, there. And it was a, a defensive-minded game uh, there in that Highland T-Town game uh, for sure. Very mm-hmm. low uh, output uh, there. Both teams were tied there at nine at the opening quarter. And then only uh, nine combined points for both sides. In the uh, second quarter, and then also only eight combined points there in the fourth quarter uh, as well. Uh, there for uh, the uh, shoes in Highland, but unfortunately for the shoes, Highland gets the W yep. uh, there, 31 to uh, 28 there on Saturday in the uh, Centralia uh, Thanksgiving tournament. Yeah, almost yeah. a holiday tournament. No, it was it, Centralia tournament there, and like you said, Highland got got the win over to Topless, but. Again, this is just kind of you're shaking off rust, right? You're getting some actual game action in uh, for both these teams in, in kind of a tournament-like atmosphere. Uh, so I, I think overall probably a good weekend for Totopolis. Yeah, you know, you'll definitely uh, take it uh, for sure. So uh, games going on uh, this evening. We got a, a ton of games both on the uh, boys and uh, the uh, girls side of things. We got in the uh, St. Anthony Turkey Tournament, we got a Red Tool uh, taking on a Totopolis. We had Coach Reader on uh, last week, and I believe it was on Friday's show. Uh, we had him on there talking about this upcoming uh, season. So uh, 
Topless starting off the season there tonight. And then also another area team, St. Anthony, taking on Robinson this evening as well. And we had both of those coaches. Well, we'll have Coach Rinker coming mm -hmm. up here in just a little bit. But we had uh, Coach Thompson uh, there from the Maroons on the show uh, last week. Uh, the Cumberland Thanksgiving tournament begins uh, tonight as well. It's uh, Casey getting it started against Okaw Valley. And Vandalia will be against uh, Dietrich tonight there in uh, Cumberland to uh, kick off that tournament. Yeah, and, you know, that's one of my, obviously, I'm a little biased, one of my a favorite biased, Thanksgiving sure. tournaments uh, in the area. And, uh, you know, I, I think here you got four pretty good teams, actually. You know, Okaw Valley was kind of a surprise last year. Um, Casey, you know what you're going to get from them year in, year out. Vandalia, a um, couple question marks for me, but still a pretty good team. And then Dietrich, I think, could be good as well. Yeah, I think Dietrich is going to be uh, really good mm -hmm. this season. I mean, they almost won 20 games a year ago. Yeah. So, and, you know, I think they got some pretty solid players coming back. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really expecting some good things there out of the moving Maroons. Uh, Mulberry Grove a Turkey Tournament it begins uh, tonight as well. We got uh, Father McGivney against uh, Ramsey. We also got Mulberry Grove against uh, Lebanon. And then uh, St. Elmo Brownstown opens up the uh, season tonight as well against Mount Olive. And uh, speaking of St. Elmo Brownstown, we'll have Coach Fiesel on the uh, program a little bit later in the show as well. So we'll stick around for that as had a nice little uh, conversation there with uh, Coach Fiesel about the upcoming uh, season. And then in the uh, Schlerman High School uh, uh, Topper Classic, Paris is uh, there in that one, and they'll be taking on a Bismarck Kinney for that game. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming up uh, tonight as well, we got uh, girls basketball action. We got the uh, Bob Kearns uh, tournament uh, tipping off uh, there. And a uh, first game of the night will be the Altamont Lady Indians, the 2-0 out to my Lady Indians. We'll be taking on uh, Flora, and that will be game at uh, 6 o'clock, first game of the night, and you can hear that action over on Jack FM, over on our sister station uh, there, and we'll be there all week for yeah. uh, the uh, Altamont girls. Uh, They're coming up on Wednesday against Newton, and then on a Friday afternoon, a little 1.30 action for you against Effingham. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll be there all week there in Newton yeah. for the ladies. Definitely looking forward to that, uh, you know, taking on, on Flora and uh, Altamont. I would say maybe the smallest school there. Oh, yeah. So it'll be a nice step up in competition for uh, the Altamont Lady Indians. <laughs> right, for for sure. They look to get back on, on track. And, you know, I say get back on track or 2-0, but right. they, I just go back to the, they haven't looked – uh, like themselves, wins, they yeah. just haven't looked like themselves, and so they'll look to do that uh, tonight. Uh, we also got some other ones in action. We got yoga traveling to uh, Marshall, uh, and we got Palestine hosting North Clay, South Central at Ramsey, Sullivan at Arcola, Casey's at Oakwood, and uh, Shelbyville is at Arthur Lovington at Wood Hammond this evening in uh, girls basketball and uh, like eric mentioned we got some uh, girls basketball at the uh, junior high level as well we got a regional play underway there mm -hmm. in the uh, seventh grade of martinsville regional we got north clay against tri-county uh oakland uh, lake crest against martinsville in the single st michael regional we got pena 
Sacred Heart against Nioga, Sigil St. Michael against the Cater Lutheran uh, there. In a 2A, we have Paris Crestwood in action in the South Fork Regional and the Casey Regional. That's where we have South Central and Oblong, Casey and Albion. St. Anthony Regional, we got Altamont against the winner of either Ramsey or uh, Brownstown and St. Elmo. And we got uh, two Straws, or just two Straws, against mm-hmm. uh, the winner of Beecher City and uh, St. Anthony. We got uh, the uh, 3A level. We got uh, Paris Mayo in action at the uh, St. Joe Regional. Arthur's there as well against Tolona Unity. The Topless Regional, number one seed there. It's Topless against the five seed Lawrenceville Parkview. Uh, Newton is against Robinson Nuttall. And at the uh, 4A level, we have Mount Zion against Mattoon and uh, the Taylorville and Effingham there in Mount Zion this evening as well for junior high girls basketball yeah jam-packed eighth grade starts uh next monday mm, okay with their their regionals okay and uh let's take a look at uh, the uh football uh, slate of uh things this past weekend in uh, class 1a even though we don't really have a dog in the fight here but it was camp point central advancing into the uh, south big time over colfax ridgeview 44 to 8 camp point so uh they advanced to uh champagne at 10 a.m on a friday in the championship game against the number one seed alina winslow there they beat forest in 38 to a 16 in one a so it'll be alina winslow against camp point central mm-hmm. both teams undefeated there for the state title in class 1a in uh, the uh, 2a level that's where i saw decatur st Teresa get it done they advanced to uh, champagne at one o'clock on friday they took down on uh, johnson city 39 to uh, 15 this past saturday so the bulldogs still undefeated still marching on and uh, they advance to the uh, state championship game there in champagne so congratulations there to uh, st t yeah absolutely congratulations uh like we said all season long this has felt like a team of destiny mm-hmm. and uh they're going to champagne to give it a shot couldn't quite get the uh decatur area ish uh, final there in champagne as a uh, downs tri valley uh, they defeated moreau forsyth pretty handily 38 to a six so it'll be uh, decatur state theresa taking on downs tri valley it's the one versus six matchup for the state title in 2a yeah i was gonna say a nice ride for a uh, downs tri valley there is that six seed they took out the three seed wilmington along the way as well as the uh, seventh seed knoxville and then like you said the one seed moroa didn't they face uh, one of the teams in the League of Prairie? I want to say it was like Arthur, right? I think the so. The beginning of the season, I, I want to so. say. Um, so, uh, man, all the way to the state title game there. Mm-hmm. In the 3A semifinal, that's where we saw Williamsville get the win over Tolona Unity by the final of 12-7 there. Defense was the name of the game mm-hmm. there. And then in the northern bracket, it's the Icy Catholic. They uh, shut out Byron 35 nothing. So it'll be the four versus three for the state championship in 3A. It's Icy Catholic against Williamsville. Uh, they're at 4 o'clock in Champaign on Friday. Yeah, you know, I was rooting for Byron in this one, but uh, yep. they, went, they went down Elmhurst. Icy Catholic's a very good team, a very dangerous four seed. Yeah, for sure. In uh, 4A, uh, man, this one was a, a Wild West shootout there as uh, Sacred Heart Griffin 
Griffin uh, picked up the win in the uh, final Winter Bowl as father beat son uh, for the uh, final time as father. Ken Leonard there at Sacred Art Griffin is retiring after the end of the season. And uh, Rochester actually uh, trailed quite a bit two different times, but uh, came back and made it a little bit of a game. But Sacred Art Griffin won this one 56-42 on Friday in the final Winter Bowl. Mm. So... Father in son yep. season, and so uh, Ken Leonard will try uh, to uh, cap off the ultimate way to uh, retire in any sport is retire with a championship, and they'll be looking for that at 7 o'clock in Champaign, and they'll take on who? The 13th seed, New Linux Providence Catholic. That's right, the 8-4 and four New Linux Providence Catholic. They're a 13th yeah. seed. They took down the 3-seed Wheaton St. Francis by 3, a 17-2-14. A so it'll be a new Linux Providence Catholic against Sigar Griffin on Friday. Don't sleep on them, Travis. They've taken out the four, five, one, and three in the north as uh, new Linux. And all of them have been close games. They're one of those teams that feels like they do just enough to get the wins. Yeah. Dang. So uh, in a 5A uh, there, if uh, any Muhammad fans were wondering, Morris, uh, they uh, lost this one to, to Peoria. High-scoring affair, 76-56, to uh, 56, so a defense optional there. 12th highest-scoring game in playoff history. Wow. Yeah, a lot of points put up there, but it was Peoria advancing over Morris and uh, they'll get the uh, LaGrange Park Nazareth Academy as they advance as the 11th seed they beat the number one seed uh, Sycamore 10 to uh, 7 in there in the northern bracket so it'll be Peoria against Nazareth Academy there for the state title in 5A yeah they take out the three they took out the two and they took out the one Travis Man. so again this LaGrange Park they entered the playoffs <laughs> at five and four but they've got got it clicking at the right time they're on a run for sure Oh, man. There's a lot of higher seeds that made it to the championship rounds this year. In 7A, the 18 seed, uh, they're advanced all the way. Nice. In 7A. Um, yeah. One versus six in 8A and two versus six in uh, 6A. So. Yeah, but that's six seeds East St. Louis, so it's not really a six seed. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so... Uh, there you go. Championship games are uh, set, and uh, they're set at Memorial Stadium, and they'll be there on Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in uh, Champaign, so uh, good luck to all them, and we'll take a look more about this later on in the week for sure. But uh, right now we'll, we'll uh, step away and uh, take a break, and uh, then we'll uh, come back and we'll have uh, Coach Rieker from uh, St. Anthony as uh, their season uh, tips off uh, tonight in the Turkey Tournament. So uh, we'll have Coach Rieker join the, the program coming up next here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. This is Effingham Fire Chief Brent Yoakum. We have all heard about home fires, taking lives, and destroying all out of family homes. These tragedies remind us to double check for fire safety. The Effingham Fire Department says, make sure your home has properly installed and working smoke alarms. Replace the batteries each time you change the hour on your clocks. Practice a fire escape plan. Teach children never to hide if there's a fire. In case of fires, the most important thing to do is to protect life. Get out and stay out. You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for universal life insurance at PekinInsurance.com 
And in Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. It's finally deer season and McMahon Meats is your deer processing headquarters. Shotgun or bow, however you go, we can help you get your meat on the table. At McMahon Meats, we keep all the meat separate so the deer meat you bring in is the deer meat you get back. We can customize your orders with several flavors of deer, sausage, Slim Jims, and jerky. Good luck to all the hunters this deer season. Call McMahon Meats at 217-813-6054 for all your processing needs. Find us on Facebook or www.mcmahonmeats.com. Located on Route 40 between Effingham and Teutopolis, McMahon Meats where quality and convenience meet tradition. The most fantastic, magical things can happen. And it all starts with a wish. Wise words from Jiminy Cricket. A wish is a magical thing, especially when it comes from the heart. Cromwell Media Group of Effingham and Culver's of Effingham continue to partner together for their Christmas wishes. Granting Christmas wishes this Christmas season for those in need of a little extra magic. Send your letters to P.O. Box 428 Effingham or drop off at the radio station at 405 South Banker Suite 201 or at Culver's in the Christmas wishes mailbox at 1510 Fayette Avenue in Effingham. Letters will be accepted now through December 2nd and will be granted in time for Christmas. Letters need to include details of the situation, your name, address, phone number, sizes, colors, and any other information we may need. Wishes are granted based on situation and need. We hope to grant as many as possible. If you know someone else's family is in need, feel free to submit a letter for them. Thank you for supporting Christmas Wishes. And now, Minecraft uses HGH, though. That's the only reason why he's good. I was going to say, is he still the best player in baseball? Yes. Even with all his injuries? Why? And the... Because people don't talk about him because he plays for the Angels. And they're going to continue to not talk about him because he still plays for the Angels. And he signed a long-term deal. And he doesn't play an entire season. And he can't make the postseason. And he doesn't. Because the Angels stink. Play the whole season. The starting lineup. I think you have to play a majority of the season to be the best player. On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry, Sports Update. The Blues are going for their seventh straight win tonight when they face off against the Anaheim Ducks. St. Louis has won six straight, directly following what was an eight-game losing streak. The Blues defeated the Ducks 6-2 on Saturday night in St. Louis. will be aiming to make it two straight against their foes from the West Coast. St. Louis has an overall record of 9-8-0. MLB Insider John Heyman reports that the Cardinals are pursuing free agent catcher Wilson Contreras. Contreras just concluded his seventh season playing for the Cubs and is hitting free agency this winter. The 30-year-old Venezuelan batted two 243 with 22 home runs and a 55 RBIs this past season. He's a three-time All-Star, and his potential signing would be both an upgrade for the Cardinals as well as a vital blow to their division rivals. St. Louis used a big second half to defeat Providence 76-73 in the third-place game at the Basketball Hall of Fame tip-off. All five stars for St. Louis finished in double-digit scoring numbers as the Belicans improved to 4-1. and one. St. Louis will return to the court Wednesday at home against Paul Quinn. Missouri improved to 5-0 and oh with a 83-62 victory over Mississippi State on Sunday. They will return to action against Coastal Carolina on Wednesday. Missouri football moved one win away from bowl eligibility with a 45-14 win over New Mexico State over the weekend. They will be at home on Friday against Arkansas. They need a win if they hope for a bowl game alive. And the Chicago Bears lost their fourth straight game as they fell to the Falcons 27-24 in Atlanta. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on a 98.9. Travis Sparks here. Eric Fry over there hitting on those sports on our hits. 
and we'll be hitting on more of those national sports coming up in the uh, podcast. Uh, and we'll also uh, catch up with uh, Coach Fiesel from uh, St. Elmo Brownstown in the pod as well. But right now, uh, we're going to be uh, joined by uh, Coach Rinker from the uh, St. Anthony Bulldogs as they open up their season uh, this evening. So uh, caught up with uh, Cody uh, on a Friday. So uh, here was our conversation. Travis Sparks here on the starting lineup, joined by head coach of the St. Anthony Bulldogs, Cody Rinker. And how's it going for you today, coach? Uh, the time is almost upon us for the new season to begin. Are the Bulldogs ready to get back out there on the floor and actually play a real game? Yeah, I would say we, we are getting to that point after two weeks <laughs> of practice. Uh, it always gets to that point where you're ready to see them compete against somebody else to, to really figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are, not just your assumptions on where you're your strengths and weaknesses are. So, yeah, we are. We're doing well. Um, like what we're seeing so far, got a lot of good energy, and uh, uh, kids are working hard, a lot of positive attitudes. So, yeah, we're doing well, and then looking forward to, to Monday night. Yeah, for sure. It can't come uh, soon enough. And then uh, last season, uh, St. Anthony, it was uh, 20 and 12, and won the Patoka Regional Championship, but then eventually lost to Tuscola and uh, Jalen Quinn and that talented squad in uh, your own uh, sectional semifinal there. But you were right in it up until the very end. 51 48 was the final there. And you also won the NTC, a regular season uh, championship. So another uh, 20 win season and another NTC, at least regular season uh, title for the Bulldogs last year. So another successful run for you guys. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, we were, um, you know, it, it took us a little bit to kind of figure out who we were and, and what our identity was. And, um, you know, but I think once we finally did that and, and it kind of came together there towards had a lot of injuries. So once we kind of got healthy at the right time and, and we were able to put some things together. And, and like I said, we still feel like we could have, should have, would have against the, the Tuscola game. But, mm-hmm. you know, hats off there to, to Jalen Quinn and, and the rest of the company there. He, he was a, he had a fantastic night and, and was a fantastic player. So, uh, like I said, it just wasn't meant to be there anyway. But, um, yeah, it was a successful season, you know, you know, when it was all said and done, so I'm proud right. of what we were able to accomplish. Right, yeah, exactly. I'm glad you you mentioned that because you did struggle early on in the year. You only won game in the turkey tournament, and I'm sure it was unfamiliar territory playing the early game there on that Saturday for your own uh, turkey tournament there. But then uh, I was there at the FEM game, and then you guys looked completely different when I saw you again uh, playing against Altima in the NTC regular season uh, finale there. So, you know, like you said, you, you struggled early on but then uh, you got it together later in the year and you ended up sweeping the NTC in the regular season there so uh, you know you finally found your way there last year. Yeah like I said uh, injuries and, and youth and inexperience and all those kind of things played a factor into the and it was almost like it was two seasons anyway you started the season with still some COVID restrictions and masks yeah. on and all that kind of stuff and then you get that released halfway through and then it was just a all in all, still a very unique season, and still, like I said, impacted somewhat by uh, mm-hmm. by that that COVID thing. Um, you know, so it's also exciting this year to get started without any of that stuff. You know, no 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 masks uh, on the players. And yeah. No time. No no halfway through timeout and all that kind of stuff. So it's been really nice to, to kind of get back to some even more normalcy. Um, 
in those regards. Yeah, for sure. I definitely uh, saw that this past week with the, the girls' games and everything. Uh, well, uh, from uh, last year's uh, squad, you graduate uh, three seniors, uh, a couple really uh, leading in the scoring department, uh, Croy, uh, Stewart, and uh, Fear Day as well. I think he came off the bench and maybe eventually got to the starting lineup uh, there. Uh, but then you got uh, three seniors uh, coming back this year. One, one of your guys uh, back there, uh, Griffin Sehe there, and then you got some juniors that, that played a lot last year as sophomores, Max Caney, Rudaball, I think Colin Westendorf played uh, as well. Uh, so how does the this year's the St. Anthony squad uh, shaping up to be? Yeah, I mean, we're different. That's what I kind of keep telling people is we're different. Or I don't have, you know, like last year we had Stewart, who maybe wasn't the you know strongest guy in the world, but he, he was tall and lanky and really kind of controlled the paint for us there defensively. And Craig had some, some strength about him, so those two guys could kind of really handle their own on the glass or, or guard you know, post players whenever we needed them to. So that's probably where we're, we're different this year. We don't really have the width about us that we that I, maybe I've had in, you know, at least one guy that could really bang down low mm-hmm. in my first nine years. But So that's where we're a little bit different. Um, but we're looking good. I mean, we're, we're, we're athletic. We're, we're deep. I think it's maybe one of the deepest teams I've had, you know, in my 10 years with uh, size and length and, and skill ability. Um, definitely not, not overly – Old, you know, or experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, Griffin has a lot of experience. Max started most of the season. Rudabaugh started, but he's actually out with an injury at the moment. Um, okay. Hoping to see him later on as the uh, if you know things progress well. There's a potential he could be back at some point, but it's kind of undetermined at this time when when that would be. Okay. Um, so we're looking for Brock Fearday too, who started the last half of the season due to some injuries and you know, come back as a sophomore to, to play for us and play some big minutes. Um, but I really think we're going to be a, you know, relies on our depth. At least that's what I'm hoping anyway. I'm hoping that could be a strength of ours is to rely on our depth and then get contributions up and down the lineup. And then the, you get the season started there in the, your own turkey tournament again, and you get it started with uh, Robinson, and then you're in the same pool as the Breach Central and FEM, of course, on a Friday night. And then the first the NTC game out is uh, North Clay uh, there in uh, Louisville. And then, of course, you have the, the tough uh, slate with the NTC, of course. We know what that brings. Uh, some other non-conference so games are Charleston and Olney. And then, of course, you end the season uh, with Casey uh, again another tough schedule for the the Bulldogs once again uh, non-conference wise along with the NTC yeah we're, we're looking forward to it I mean it's it's always a challenge um, to to face our our, our schedule um, but like I said it's something that we've worked hard to, to build and create relationships with these different programs different schools uh, and it's something we kind of relish to always have a, a season that's going to be kind of an unknown Mm-hmm. Um, you may have a, a third of them that you kind of know and a third that maybe you expect uh, to, to maybe win, the third that maybe you expect to lose, and then you know that third in the middle where it gives you a chance to, to have a 50-50 game. So we, we try to keep it that way. And then, um, like I said, that way we always are knowing what we're good at and what we need to work on and, and really prepares us for that postseason. And then uh, usually you can uh, pencil you guys in every year at the top of the National Trail Conference, but uh, where do you see uh, you guys uh, sliding in there from the vibes that I get from uh, other NTC coaches that we've talked to uh, here? You know, it's kind of really, you know, night in, night out. It's a grind like usual, and it's kind of, I don't want to say wide open, but, you know, it could be anybody's ball game up there at the very top of the NTC this year. So uh, where where do you see the, the Bulldogs uh, slide it in there? 
you know, I, I think that that's probably a pretty fair assessment, you know, based on you know, some competitions we've had over the summer and just, you know, knowing who guys have at the JV level and then guys getting older and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I think that if we if we show up and play to our capabilities and are able to dictate um, the tempo of the game and the pace of the game and, and you know, we should have as good a shot as anybody to, to win the, the games that we play. Um you know, I know Altamont's going to be be tough. They've got a good group of seniors there and juniors mm-hmm. that have done a lot of winning over the years and have been through Coach Eberge's system. So I'm I'm expecting big things from from the Altamont squad. Mm-hmm. Um, Windsor Sue Straws losing Vanderhyde is going to hurt quite a bit, but they've got they had a deep group and mm-hmm. still have quite a bit of talent coming back from from their last year's roster that made a run there in the third and fourth place game, I believe. Coaches Inc.'s done a great job at Louisville North Clay of you know improving their program over the last over his tenure there, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they're always a challenge with their size and length and ability to get after you defensively. And then you know, like said, Yoga and Diedrich and Stanley Brown's down very well coached, and uh, they always possess a, a, a problem for anybody that they play with the way that they get after it. So all in all, like I said, yeah, they're very deep conference and, and very diverse in the way the styles that we play uh, and get to know each other so well that it's always a challenge to to see who's going to come out on top. All right, yeah, and then uh, I know uh, the main goal for the Bulldogs, obviously, is to go as far as you can in the postseason, but yeah, I know you'll worry about that at a later date. And, of course, the regular season title is important for the NTC, and I know you want to take back the tournament championship after Altamont upended you there in the finals last year. But what are some of the, the goals and the expectations that uh, St. Anthony has uh, this year for, for this year's Bulldogs team? Yeah, I mean, the way I kind of always word to the boys here is, is everybody wants to win every game. I mean, sure. that's part of competition. It's part of uh, of playing the game, you know. So, I mean, that obviously kind of goes without saying. So we, we try to really focus on the day in the day out, the process of getting better every day, building those championship habits, um, playing the way you're going to need to play in an important moment, in an important game. I mean, those are kind of the concepts and the, the foundation of what we try to do and how we try to go about every day so that we're getting those moments in the NTC tournament, in the in the regional, in a, a game that you know is against a rivalry of some sorts, um, or just against a better opponent that that you want to have a chance to beat, you are already mentally prepared for that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of what our goal is. You know, obviously, I think that we have a chance that if we we show up and compete. Sure. I mean, the, the twenty, you know, kind of those standard benchmarks that most programs are looking for, uh, trying to get over that twenty win, you know, plateau. Or mm-hmm. Another one that we've kind of feel like we we've tried to do we don't do it very often but it'd be nice to get to where we aren't losing the double digit games you know you're losing less yeah. than losing less than 10 games you know with as many games as high school teams play these days you know get to play 31 it, it, the 20 win is still good don't get me wrong it's still something we we hang our hat on and, and try to get to every year but it's almost more if the, you look at the losses you know if you can lose yeah. less than 10 games you know that's almost as telling or more telling maybe than the the actual win total so um, you know, those are little things there that are kind of little nuggets that you put out there for, for motivation and for a little extra inspiration. But, but really, we try to focus on on what we're doing and how we're doing it and, and being motivated within as opposed to all the externals. Uh, should be uh, fun uh, once again. Always enjoy some NTC basketball and always enjoy the turkey tournament uh, there as well uh, coming up. So, uh, Coach, I'll let you go here and uh, good luck in the turkey tournament starting off the season and uh, good luck the rest of the way. And uh, we'll talk to you down the road, okay? Sounds good. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having us on. And appreciate uh, Coach Shrinker there again uh, for uh, joining us. And uh, season begins uh, tonight there 
in the St. Anthony uh, tournament uh, there. And uh, also, like I said before, the uh, interview there, Coach Fiesel also coming up from uh, St. Brownstown in the pod. But we're running out of time, but we got just enough time to squeeze in the top three moments from the uh, sports weekend to close out the show. So we'll be back in a jiffy. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. David Hill with the American Academy of Pediatrics. Pediatricians have heard all the questions. How big will I be when I grow up? They like unicorns. Why do we have to eat our vegetables? Why is poop smelly? If I get sick when my brother gets sick, why should I get a COVID shot? When will COVID go away? If you have questions about the COVID vaccine for your child, call your child's pediatrician today and schedule a time to talk. And now, where this is the furthest Effingham has gotten, and how many times? I'm going to get blasted for getting this wrong. Who wants to go first? Well, I'm go first. Semis once. Travis. Third round, three times. Semis. Once. once. This year. The starting lineup. Like I said, by next week it'll no, be completely No, no, that's wrong. Well, I mean, okay, no, it's not. It's okay. Everyone gets $5. Jesus. Oh, that was so stupid. On 98.9 The Game. So stupid. <laughs> thought this was a freaking trick question. We'll be back in a uh, jiffy here. So uh, to close out of the uh, starting lineup, we just have just enough time. A lot of things happened to this uh, sports weekend, and we uh, narrowed them all down to a three. So let's go. A top three from the sports weekend. And now it's time for the top three. Top three moments from the sports weekend again in no particular order, but I'm starting in high school football as in that Downs Tri-Valley game. There was a that bounced inside the 20-yard line, and it looked dead in the water at the 12, but due to the wind and some very generous officials for not blowing the play dead, the wind carried the football 10 yards to the one-yard line, and that's where Downs Tri-Valley downed it uh, there. So it was just kind of weird to see it uh, the football go that far, 10 yards at least, and uh, inside the one. That is weird. Uh, we already talked about it. My number three, the Illini lost at Michigan. Move on. <laughs> My number two moment from the sports weekend was the Illini beating UCLA on a Friday. The uh, comeback victory and uh, Terrence Jr. Jr., my new favorite player, Agent Zero, splashing home eight threes. So that was my number two moment. My number two is the end of the Jets-Patriots game. If you saw this ah. crazy ending, neither team could do anything on offense. And what a time for the first punt return for a touchdown of the year for New England. Ended up getting the win there with five seconds left. Yeah, the Jets, they just can't. Seven yards of offense in the second half. <laughs> yeah, they're like itches. That yeah. is not good. Average per player, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, my number one moment from the uh, sports weekend. This would make even more sense if we incorporated it to a pick like I thought that we had uh, talked about earlier in the week. But my number one moment from the sports weekend was AEW Full Gear, MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman is the new AEW champion. 
and also the elite are back so we carry on with that and those two moments tied for my number one moment the sports weekend my number one moment was the bachelor party at the bears game all dressed up like mike ah, Ditka. yeah that was fun to see and they were pretty spot on with their Ditka. i want to know where they got all those sweaters that's a lot of sweaters that's to have right. like that but they got them all in there yeah. i liked it yep that's only the thing about the bears game dedication to the uh, bachelor party uh, for sure so uh and doing it in atlanta too yeah we, we all fall short when you when you do stuff like that guys but yeah. uh, so yes that was very uh nice to see all them uh coordinated uh there for sure and one of the only bright spots well, along with justin fields as well in the uh, but Bears game. but yes unfortunately he may be injured for a questionable amount of time uh we'll talk about that as well as the rest of the nfl and we'll talk about our pick game as well and recap that as well as some other national sports as well coming up in the uh pod and coming up here on espn radio is on uh, bart and han so make sure you tune in uh, to uh that make sure you tune into the pod and make sure you turn in a jack fm as well as Altamonte versus uh, Flora uh, tonight in the uh, Bob Kearns uh, tournament. And Coach Fiesel as well coming up in the uh, pod. And it catches there. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to the uh, podcast. Welcome in to overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, still here with you. And we still got uh, plenty to uh, talk about coming up. We got uh, Coach Fiesel from uh, St. Elmo Brownstown. We got uh, the NFL uh, slate of games that happened yesterday. We got uh, to uh, clean up Illinois uh, basketball since we only talked about Friday and uh, Saturday. And uh, maybe we'll hit on some other national sports as well. We'll just have to see uh, what the time allows here on the uh, pod. But uh, first, before we get any of that, is there anything on sports in there that you wanted to hit on that we didn't quite get to? Yeah, let's go. Uh, the Bulls are getting another shot to end their losing streak. They host the Boston Celtics tonight in the United Center. The Bulls come off a one-point loss to the Magic and have lost four straight games. Warren Rosen dropped 41 mm. points in the loss to Orlando. The team remains without point guard Lonzo Ball, who is sidelined with a knee injury. Chicago sits at 6-10, and 10, while Boston comes in at 13-3. and 3. The Blackhawks suffered a fourth straight loss. Chicago lost to the Penguins 5-3 at the United Center. Blackhawks trailed by three early in the second period, but responded with three straight goals to tie the game. Pittsburgh then closed out with a pair of late scores. Chicago fell to 6-9-3 and, and has 15 points on the season. The Blackhawks visit the Dallas Stars on Wednesday night. Speaking of which, before we move off from hockey, Travis, mm-hmm. your Blues. Yep. I want them to streak through the whole season. I don't want them to go and get a win or a loss back-to-back nights. I want them to at least have three or four game streaks throughout the season, whether it be winning or losing. Wow. I want it. It's going to be tough. No, it's not. Look at this Blues team already. <laughs> Look they, at them go, already, yeah. They're already on streak number three. I know. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them, but we're playing well. I know. Right now, it's crazy. And in that uh, Blackhawks game as yeah. well, with the Penguins, uh, Malkin played his 1,000th game uh, there as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, big ups to that Pittsburgh legend. 
Yes. Uh, you mentioned it. Northwestern suffered their 10th straight loss. They fell 17-9 to Purdue in West Lafayette. Uh, Notre Dame got the win over Boston College 44 to nothing at home, setting them a big matchup uh, this weekend with USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball action from around the area. College basketball. Uh, Illinois State takes on LSU here today. Actually, that game going on now at the Cayman's Island Classic in Georgetown. North Northern Illinois plays Sam Houston tomorrow in the Fort Myers tip-off in Florida. Notre Dame hosts Bowling Green tomorrow night in South Bend. Uh, the Eagles came from behind to top the Colts 17-16 in Indianapolis. Jalen Hurts scored a 7-yard rush touchdown with just over a minute remaining and to tie the game for Philly. The Birds took the lead after Jake Elliott converted the extra point. Hurts also threw for 190 yards and a score. The Eagles are now in, leading the NFC East at 9-1. Matt Ryan completed 23 of his 32 pass attempts for 213 yards. Jonathan Taylor led the Colts in rushing after carrying the ball 22 times for 84 yards and a touchdown. Indy is now second in the AFC South at 4-6-1. The Pacers will be looking to extend their winning streak to four games. Indiana is playing host to the Magic tonight. This is the second straight game that the Pacers are hosting the Magic. Indiana topped Orlando 114-113 in its previous meeting to improve to 9-6. The Magic have dropped three of their last four games and are 5-12 overall. Um, let's see here. Indiana coming off a 39-31 win over Michigan State to snap a seven-game losing streak. So Indiana got the win last night, or Saturday, I should say. Indiana also, on the basketball side of things, have won each of their first four games after they blew out Miami of Ohio 86-56. Indiana will look to improve to 5-0 when they host Little Rock Wednesday night. Notre Dame has gotten off to a hot start to the season. Fighting Irish are 4-0 and are hosting Bowling Green tomorrow night. Butler's won back-to-back games. The Bulldogs are 3-1 hanging into their battle in the Bahamas with Tennessee Wednesday night. Purdue is hoping it can stay undefeated. The Boilermakers are 3-0. Take on West Virginia Thanksgiving night in Portland, Oregon. Hot shooting propelled the Nets past the Grizzlies 125-115 in Memphis. Kevin Durant landed the team with 26 points, while Ben Simmons made 11 of 13 shots for 22 points. Brooklyn shot just over 47% from three-point land. Kyrie Irving made his return after serving an eight-game suspension. Uh, the All-Star guard contributed 14 points in the win, which brought the Nets to 8-6 and six on the season. John Morant and Desmond Bain each missed the game due to illness from Memphis. The Trailblazers are providing an update on the status of their star point guard. Portland announced Sunday that Dame Lillard will be reevaluated in one to two weeks after an MRI revealed a grade one strain on the solus muscle in his right lower leg. Lillard exited the Blazers' loss to the Jazz on Saturday for dealing with some tightness in his right calf. The 32-year-old already missed playing time this season with a strained calf. Lillard leads Portland in scoring with 26.3 points per game. And finally, the U.S. men's national team is set to kick off its 2022 FIFA World Cup today. The squad will begin against Wales, 2 o'clock Eastern, that's 1 o'clock Central, on Fox and Telemundo, the second youngest team in the entire tournament. 25 of the 26 players, Travis, will potentially make their World Cup debut. The U.S. will play at least three times, facing England on Friday. Iran, November 29th, marks the first time uh, for the World Cup for the U.S. in eight years. And uh, USA entering this contest, their last five games, Travis, uh, they have one win, one loss, and three draws. Mm. The last time they played Wales, it was a draw as well, back in 2020. It was a 0-0 November 12th, 2020. The time before that, they did beat Wales 2 to nothing all the way back May 26th, 2003. By the way, Wales enters their last five games, four losses and a draw. Mm. So, Wales not playing that good, so USA should get a win here. Here we go, yes. So, we'll start off the World Cup with a win. England already won their uh, match in group mm-hmm. stage. They beat Iran 6-2 <clears> to <throat> earlier today. 
Yep, six to two. Final there. Six and goals. That that's a lot. Is your sports center. That's your sports center. And that's your World Cup preview for yes. uh, today. We'll have and a recap. I mean, I mean, basically, we can't preview it because you all will be listening after the game's over. So, yeah. Basically. So. Well, we don't know any of the players. 25 of the 26 making their World Cup debuts. I don't know these people. I got to get to know them. Who's that one? Who's that one guy that plays uh, overseas? That's a super good playsack. Sure. Or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's his name. Sorry, not Pele on, my... on our team. <laughs> no. And he would have played for Brazil. So. <sighs> nope. Um, all right. So uh, let's take a look at this, some uh, rest of a uh, college basketball. Uh, that happened yesterday in uh, college basketball as a whole. As we already have the new polls out to today, we'll take a look at those in a second. But and the championship there of the main event, we talked a lot about the Illini's uh, Friday game against UCLA, but uh, not quite the performance on a Friday that happened on a Sunday as Virginia ends up winning this one yesterday, 72-61. Uh, uh, the Illini scratch clawed, had some turnovers uh, there in the first half, but somehow they found themselves in the lead by two at the half. But uh, then it was all Virginia there in the second half, it seemed like, as uh, they didn't really make a lot of threes. It was only five for 17 here, but it seemed like uh, they made some threes when they really needed them. Uh, Illinois, though, nine for 26, jacking up 26 threes. Coleman Hawkins. Two or three steps beyond the three-point arc. I don't know what he's doing there. Um, I mean, he didn't make a couple, but uh, just uh, not happening uh, from a long range for him. He was only two for five. Terrence Shannon Jr. only made one. He was one for five. He was four for ten from the field uh, there, and he only shot two free throws. But, of course, the Illini only shot a nine of free throws. They made four of them. The problem was that Virginia, they shot – 32 free throws made a 25 of them. That's the difference in this game, I think. And I didn't realize while watching this that it was that discrepancy yeah. uh, there. And, and it wasn't anything like where we were getting hosed on some of the calls. It was just that, you know, they were driving in and, you know, they were forcing uh, the fouls there. and They were attacking. We weren't. They were. Yeah, and we also played uh, their game uh, yes. as well uh, there in the second half in particular as, uh, you know, Virginia matching up really well, I think, that with our defense, with their defense, uh, the way it was and uh, the way they play in the half court, how they want to slow things down. So we played Virginia's game. We didn't play uh, Illinois' game. Uh, but, but still um, – uh, up until, you know, the second half, it was a decent game. Uh, they just uh, couldn't translate any of that Friday emotion to uh, Sunday's game, it seemed like, uh, there. But uh, Jalen Epps, the game he had, two for five from beyond the arc, 14 points off the bench in 27 uh, minutes for him. So he was good. Uh, Danger had some uh, highlights uh, dunk, and then he also had another basket that was impressive, but he only had five points. Uh, Coleman Hawkins was the only uh, starter at double figures. He had 10, and that was it. I mean, Terrence Jane Jr. had nine. RJ Melendez, hey, on Friday he made a three. Sunday he made a couple. Maybe turning this thing around. 
And on Friday, we didn't even mention uh, anything about uh, Sky Clark, but I thought he played uh, great on uh, Friday, and he passed his first freshman test uh, for sure. And, you know, he was all right. But uh, 13 turnovers uh, for the Illini, 12 mm-hmm. for Virginia, but it didn't seem like they had that many. Um, it's just sometimes Illinois doing careless things and whatnot, but it's a really good team that they uh, lost to there. Good team that they beat in UCLA. Uh, but a really great uh, team that they lost to on Sunday as well in the main event. So uh, Virginia got them, and now Illini are 4 on one Hey, they still moved up three spots in the rankings, draft. I say yes. That's positive. The loss, but the win on Friday impressed enough people in the uh, voters' eyes, at least uh, to move them up to a 16 there in the uh, polls. One of the biggest the movers was Virginia as they got a first place vote, but they moved up 11 spots. They crapped the top five. That's right. They're all the way there at number five. Texas rose seven spots after beating Gonzaga. They're at number four. Uh, Kansas moved up three spots to three. Houston, and they've been super impressive uh, at the beginning of the year. They're 5-0, and and they moved up a spot to number two. And North Carolina stays put at a number one overall there. Uh, Gonzaga, they uh, dropped four spots with that loss to uh, Texas earlier in the week. But they did get the win last night over Kentucky. So uh, they bounced back there and have a good performance there in Spokane. So uh, at least uh, Gonzaga back on the right track, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. I thought I had some uh, other college things uh michigan state also a big mover as well they're number 12 now they jumped up 14 spots in the uh polls so uh they took gonzaga to the limit the other uh week and then now vaulting up there number number 14 with that uh champions classic win as well so they're number 20 or number 12 indiana moved up a spot to 11 uh there uh kentucky they followed with their second loss of the season in that Champions Classic, and then uh, with the loss to Gonzaga last night, 11 spots to number 15 there. UCLA also uh, took a tumble as well, 11 spots. Uh, they fell. They must have lost against Baylor uh, yesterday and didn't really pay attention mm-hmm. uh, to that one after the Illinois game uh, was over. Uh, UConn moved up five spots to in number 20. Um, and Tennessee somehow stayed pet. And right there, some more uh, Big Ten action. We have Maryland moving up three spots. Purdue and Iowa jumping in the uh, polls as well. So we got Maryland, Purdue, and Iowa rounding out the uh, polls there representing the uh, Big Ten. Ohio State receiving 56 uh, votes. So they're right there knocking on the door. And Michigan, what happened to you? You lost to Ohio yesterday. Yeah. That was a crazy finish, but tough one to lose for the Wolverines. Man, you hate to see it. Absolutely hate to see it. Um, Yeah, Baylor beat UCLA by 580-75 yesterday. What's happening today? Top 25, Creighton in action against Texas Tech. Arkansas against Louisville. They're in Hawaii in the Maui Invitational. Haven't heard anything about that at all. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because Illinois was in, it, was in it a couple of years ago, but not in it now. Uh, the Coast Classic, Iowa. So it's not anywhere. I thought it was a neutral site game, but Iowa is in action. It's Omaha. 
Texas against Northern Arizona, Duke, Belmine, Ohio State, San Diego State in Maui, and Cincinnati and Arizona in Maui as well. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. What else is happening in the Big Ten tonight? Anything? See, uh, oh, we just have uh, California Baptist against Minnesota. Oh, boy, that's a hot one. Yeah, both teams 3-1. and one. They're actually in California there in that one, so weird. Must be a tournament of some sort? The SoCal Challenge. Of course. The prestigious. So Very called. prestigious. <laughs> SoCal Challenge <laughs> there, so... All right, that's a look at uh, college uh, basketball. And uh, let's go ahead and let's uh, just go ahead and transition to high school basketball. Uh, let's get to uh, Coach Fiesel here from uh, St. Elmo or Brownstown as uh, SEB open up their season this week in the Mulberry Grove uh, tournament and had a nice little conversation with uh, Coach Fiesel on a Friday. So here it is. Travis Sparks here joining us on the uh, starting lineup is a St. Elmo Brownstown head basketball coach Greg Fiesel and how's it going for you today coach? Oh pretty good pretty good and uh, thanks for coming on the show I know uh, St. Elmo Brownstown's got a busy week ahead uh, at the Mulberry Grove uh, tournament are the Eagles ready to get back out there and finally getting this uh, season going here? Yeah I think so we, we've uh, I think we've practiced enough we got to get out there and see what uh, what we've missed in practice and <laughs> you know, what we need to work on, but uh, I think we'll be ready to go Monday when it comes around. And uh, how's practice been going, and how was the off season there for the Eagles? It's pretty good. We've been we've had a couple injuries and uh, things like that that we've had some missed practices, but we're kind of all getting back healthy now, so mm-hmm. that's helped us. But uh, most generally, these guys, these guys usually come to practice good for us, so that's always good to have that. Uh, it usually will spell out to be nice things later on for us. As much as these guys, you know, they like to compete and play, so that's a good thing. All right, is uh, in uh, last year, you guys were uh, 500 there, 16 and 16, I believe, and then uh, five and seven in the NTC. It kind of started off good, uh, winning the Mulberry Grove tournament, and then I uh, played some 500 ball, and then kind of towards the end of January and the start of uh, February, had a little bit of a losing streak, and then you got kind of hot again uh, towards our regional time, uh, but then ultimately uh, fell in uh, regional play uh, there. So uh, how would you uh, describe and classify uh, last year's uh, last year's team well we just you know we had we had plenty of opportunities to win ball games we just didn't get it done and yeah and there's you know there's a you know ntc is as it will be this year i mean there's some very tough teams from top to bottom so mm-hmm. you know you you know you could either have a really good reason record or you know not so great but uh you know i i pretty well thought we got done what we figured we was going to get done with that with that group and uh you know i I kind of think this group will be better as far as the record and stuff goes, but uh, you know, again, that's we haven't played yet either. So, but um, now I, last year's group was fun to have. We just mm-hmm. had some games we should have won, we didn't, and you know, and that kind of hurts you. 
All right, yeah, and you also bring a lot back from from that group. I only counted uh, four seniors graduating. I know a couple of those uh, were starters, uh, Gavin Smith and uh, Brady Maxey. I think had one coming off the bench. Quentin Logan uh, played some, uh, but then he also got some uh, seniors that were in the starting lineup last year that were coming back, and Adam Atwood as well, who was a sophomore that uh, should be uh, coming back for you for his junior season uh, there. So, you know, you're losing a little bit, but you're also returning a lot they got some experience last year yeah yeah i i think depth wise and everything and experience wise i think we'll be a, a little better in those two categories mm-hmm. next, this year you know i mean it's it's hard to replace a kid you know like some of those seniors we had you know and uh you know had a ball heaven and brady like we did mm-hmm. that's kind of hard to replace but uh you know Adam does a great job with that, and we got we got a sophomore in there and step in that nobody's really heard of yet, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he's going to make some noise for us. You know, he's really improved a lot, and that's it's I just, it's just a matter of getting these guys some games in, and then I think we'll I think we'll be all right. But you know, we're going to have to you know we're not we're not all that big. We've got to rebound. If we don't rebound, and if we have it off night shooting as anybody would, you're going to struggle. Right. You know, but. Uh, I think, you know, I think we'll replace what we lost. It's just, you know, it's hard to lose kids like those guys, but uh, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of guys that's going to step in and replace them, I think. Right, and you get it started a full slate of action there at the Mulberry Grove uh, Turkey Tournament. It all gets started on uh, Monday uh, there, and then you kind of take a week off after that uh, tournament and kind of reassess things, and then you're right back in it with the uh, NTC play, starting off with Nioga in game number one outside of the Mulberry Grove Tournament. And I also see here early on in the season, you know, the holiday tournament sandwiched in there, but especially those NTC games a couple of them you know you got north clay st anthony early on Wednesday's two straws uh, as well in january uh but uh you know so it, it looks kind of tough to kind of start off the season here yeah our our schedule's always been heavy on the uh on the front end of the ntc games you know we yeah. got before christmas we're going to be facing yoga st anthony Louisville, and i believe we got uh chbc in our tournament yeah okay so there's four there's four NTC teams right there and a potential, you know, who knows, last year we faced Windsor Stew in our championship game. So there was, yeah. you know, there's potentially five before the first of the year. That's a, that's a lot. You know, I, mm-hmm. I kind of wish it wasn't that way. I wish we weren't so heavy on, you know, that end. Of it. I wish we'd scatter them out a little bit. But uh, right. that always that's just the way the schedule rolls. But uh, it's a little rough to, you know, we did get a we did get South Central moved away from the Tuesday night here to, and that helped us a little bit to get that game moved you know mm-hmm. so we didn't have you know we go to the NTC seed meeting and we play just about everybody yeah you know uh, I mean and you know we have and it's that's that's kind of hard you know if you're not playing well at the right time it right it kind of hurts you you know so yeah yeah and then you get stuck with a bad matchup in the, the conference tournament there exactly yeah yeah, yeah the, that's what happens but you got to play well but you know sometimes mm-hmm. i wish we had uh you know we got some non-conference sure. there there before the first year but mm-hmm. uh, from what i've been hearing they're not going to be the easiest games in the world either so we're gonna have to play. We know that, so we'll we'll throw them out there and see what happens. But uh, we won't back down from anybody. It's just so you know whether we can 
handle them or not, we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can execute for sure. Um, and the uh, NTC, as always, is fun, and it's always a grind uh, night in and night out. I think I pretty much said that with everybody uh, that I've talked to so far in the NTC, but where do you see the Eagles uh, falling in line there? Oh, I, 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 you know, I really, I just can't, I can't tell you, you know, I mean, there's, sure. there's so much, uh, there's so many teams that, uh, that are going to be capable of beating you every night. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, I, I would think we're in the middle of the pack, but where the middle of the pack is, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're top heavy without, with Alamon up there, you know, I mean, no, no doubt that they're loaded. Sure. You know, and and we all know that. And uh, St. Anthony's always, they're always there, you know. Mm-hmm. I understand that, too. But then you throw in last year's South Central great run. They got a lot of guys back. You yep. know, Neoga's always competitive with Coach Snow and what he does with those guys. And, yep. You know, needless to say what uh, happens with uh, Coach Zink down south and the Diedrich boys and all that. So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't get any easier. It's It's fun. It's fun, but uh, it can be it can be tiring on you too if you don't sure. prepare right. And you better prepare every night, or you're going to get hurt. All right, yeah. Uh, so, uh, what what's the the team hoping to achieve uh, this season? I know you you shoot for the stars and hope for the best, but what's uh, what are you hoping to achieve on this year's squad? I know you you mentioned at the beginning improving on that uh, 500 record uh, from from last year, but what's been uh, the main goal? One that's been the main focus uh, of practice so far. Well, uh, you know, just mainly just you know making sure you come every night, you know, with mm-hmm. effort. And normally my Normally, my teams will do that. You know, yeah. they do. I mean, we have our nights just like everybody else. But nine times out of ten, you know, we're gonna we're gonna bring an effort to you. It's just sometimes we get bit by the bug of maybe just a little undersized or don't shoot well. But I think you know we, we you know we uh, go into every year trying to make championships about every tournament we're in. You know, and if you can't mm-hmm. do that, you want to try to better the seed that you had, and then hopefully by the by the end of the year you're playing well enough to you know, do a little damage in the postseason, you know, if you mm-hmm. can. And we have done that before. We've had some teams that haven't played well throughout the year and then come in here and win a regional. Yeah. You know, and uh, they get, they need to listen to what we want done and trust that we know what we're doing. You know, we may not know what we're doing all the time, but we, <laughs> we sure try to hide it, you know. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, these guys, I, I will say this much. I mean, I say to, you know, most all, but this is one group that I've enjoyed from the, the word go when they are entered high school and mm-hmm. and the, you know this junior and senior class has been so uh, this this group uh, so that's good they're enjoyable to be around right. you know and you know hopefully that that means a little bit for us. Right, yeah, hopefully that translates on to the the hardwood for sure. Well, uh, Coach Fiesel, thanks for uh, hopping on to the uh, program and talking a little SEB basketball and uh, always uh, fun to watch how the NTC uh, plays out this year. And uh, good luck there and good luck in the Mulberry Grove tournament uh, as well coming up here for Thanksgiving. And so uh, thanks for joining me here and uh, we'll talk to you down the road, all right? Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate uh, Coach uh, Fiesel for hopping on and taking a little time to talk SEB. And uh, I don't think there's any uh, better way uh, to uh, transition into the other uh, high school uh, sport. We had one, count them, one high school pick'em game. Uh, we also picked some other games. So it's time to uh, recap some pick'em. 
High school pick em week 12? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, 13. 13. 13. 13, yeah. 13. We'll start with our lone high school game, and that was the Decatur St. Teresa game um, as they took on Johnson City. We both picked St. T to get the win. Travis went 48 to 13. I went 1 nothing. It was under 48, so therefore I get two points. Travis gets one point. Yes, the foul was 39-15. Yes. Yep. You got the under, my friend. I did. I did get the under on that one. Let's go to our other three games. We only had three games to pick. Uh, Illinois mm-hmm. at Michigan. Michigan minus 17 and a half. We both went Illinois. They couldn't pull off the win, but they at least kept it close enough for us to both get W's in that one. Yep, good. Eagles minus seven at the Colts. We both went Eagles. We both took L's there because mm-hmm. the Colts kept it close. Yep. And Bears at Falcons. Falcons minus three. We both went with the Bears. And the Falcons won by three. Mm-hmm. So that is a loss for us. That would have been a loss. That's a loss. Yep. Would have been a push. Yep. But nope. So Travis ended up with two points. I ended up with three. Travis still leads overall 89 to 85. 89-85. Yep. All right. So the only uh, game left. St. T. Championship. St. T. Championship. And then we got uh, U of I this weekend. Mm-hmm. Of course. And then we got two games wearing on ESPN. Okay. Mm-hmm. To pick. Very good. We almost had a college football game, but Illinois starting at 1 o'clock. Why Illinois gets a 1 o'clock start time against Northwestern, I'll never know. But mm. Yeah, I... I can tell you. One o'clock broadcast means two o'clock kickoff. Yeah, two or two thirty. Yeah. <laughs> why? I know. We could Travis, do you wanna know what game we could have had? What game could we have had? Notre Dame USC. Ooh, yeah. Playoff implications. I there. want that game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Playoff implications yep. right there, but nope. not to be. That Illinois gets to slaughter Northwestern, hope hopefully. Yes, hopefully knock on wood. Knocking on that wood. (laughs) For sure. So Friday we will do that. All right, we'll uh, take a look at that. By the way, even though we're pretty deep in the show, want to remind people we won't have a show on Thursday for Thanksgiving. Yeah, obviously. Mm -hmm. I just want to point that out. Yep, for sure. So no show on a Thursday. No. All right, so uh, let's – Transition to uh, the NFL uh, from uh, yesterday, uh, like Eric mentioned there, and we've mentioned a couple of times, but the Falcons pulled it off 27-24, to uh, but uh, Justin Fields was uh, injured uh, late in uh, that one. Uh, let's see here. I have not seen uh, four, year, four years ago, four hours ago, scheduled to have an MRI today to determine the severity of the left shoulder injury but by the time that you hear this you already know how severe it is so uh, hopefully you get things there for uh, Mr. Fields but let's see uh, another nice day on the ground 85 yards a score led the team in rushing so another nice day but unfortunately uh, Bears fall but it may not be a bad thing you know uh, the conversations uh, that we had with the the group that I was watching with uh, may not be a bad thing that the, the Bears uh, keep losing uh, higher draft picks is what you want with uh, all the draft draft picks they've stock, stockpiled uh, here so uh, may not be the worst thing in the world uh, there but unfortunately 
it is kind of the worst case scenario if uh, Fields is hurt for an extended amount of time. Uh, the Bills, they finally got to Detroit. They, it was rough going. You know, we had that discussion on a Friday, but they they got out of Buffalo. The Bills Mafia showed up there in Detroit, and, and they ended up pulling it out against the Browns, thirty-one to two, uh, twenty-three. Uh, I said they they showed up there late Saturday. They were exhausted, and uh, somehow, some way, uh, they rallied together and. Uh, they beat the Browns there in Detroit. Hey, finally Detroit has a winning team, right? <laughs> but uh, the Bills uh, get the dub, and uh, I don't know. I haven't heard, really heard, or haven't really paid attention whether they were going to stick around. I would assume they were since they're playing there on Thanksgiving on Thursday. Like we just mentioned, the Eagles, they pull it out. They only won by one as they barely beat the Colts 17-16. to uh, uh, Jalen Hurts was good, but, you know, Matt Ryan – it's all right. Yeah, ever since Jeff Saturday took over, Colts haven't been too bad. The Patriots beat the Jets, yes, 10-3. to And, yes, the uh, New York Jets only averaged uh, what I wanted to make sure that I don't quote this wrong here. They only averaged inches there in the second half. That's right. They only averaged 2.7 inches of offense per play during the second half of that New England game. That is bad bad oh man uh zach wilson's getting a lot of hate as well for his attitude on the press conference and the attitude in the locker room uh there was a dismal performance by him and uh, the pats ended up winning on a kick uh, not a kickoff return but a punt return uh there and win a 10 to 3 the jets they just can't beat they just cannot beat the patriots so like 17 in a row now i think it was or something or 17 in a row in new england or something like that. Uh, that was their first road loss of the season for the Jets. So uh, the Saints, they beat the Rams. All that needs to be said about that, 27-20. Uh, Matthew Stafford uh, goes out uh, late uh, there again. Yeah, what was it, the third quarter, I think. Um, but they said that he left in uh, concussion protocol, uh, but then he's not in pro- concussion protocol anymore he'll go through additional tests today and a tuesday determine if he'll enter the concussion uh, protocol uh there and i know that uh stafford's uh, wife as well was concerned about some of the stuff that he was going through with these concussions uh there i think she was on some podcasts and was uh, emotional about what uh, matt's going through uh here so um ah, tough situation uh there and Tough sledding for the Rams, three and seven. Uh, now this has been, uh, I'll say, a disaster. But this has been bad season, bad, bad all, all the way around uh, there for LA. My Super Bowl pick ain't looking too hot right now, right? <laughs> uh, but I mean, my uh, AFC West isn't looking very good either. We'll get to that here in a second. But Lions, hey, they might have a winning team. After all, they beat the Giants 31 to 218 as in Detroit. What's that out? Three in a row now? Three in Wood Street? Uh, this doesn't say. Yes, it is. Three games. Yeah. And you got Buffalo. So another win, right? <laughs> oh, man. This is the battle for Detroit. This is the second second home game for for the Bills, I guess, and so maybe, maybe some of those uh, Bills Mafia that traveled to the game on Sunday will stick around for Thursday's game. 
as well. Just make a nice little vacation trip. As uh, they don't have a lot to go back to at home. Uh, their uh, their homes are covered in snow, feet of snow. It was like sixty six inches, or like just shy of six feet, or something like that. It was all said and done. Wow, uh, they can keep it. Um, the Ravens they beat the uh, Panthers thirteen to uh, three. Lamar Jackson rushes it in, and uh, that's the only touchdown that was scored in the game. Uh, the Commanders, 23-10 over the uh, Texans. Uh, no look now. Commanders, 6-5. and five. Uh, The Raiders, speaking of them, my AFC West pick, they beat the uh, Broncos 22-16 to uh, 16 in overtime as Devontae Adams hauls in the uh, game winner there. He also had uh, two touchdown grabs in the game. And uh, David Carr, David, David Carr, no, Derek Carr, 22, or 23 of 37, 300 yards, two touchdowns as well to uh, give the Raiders the win over the Broncos. Cowboys, what's happening to the Vikings? My goodness, uh, Kirk Cousins going down left and right in this game. And the Cowboys, 40-3. to three. Over the Vikings, seven sacks for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that uh, Cowboys team, I guess, was upset. Wow, yeah, I'd say. My goodness. I mean, people just... saying Vikings best team in the NFC, and Dallas came in and said, well, hold on a minute. Yeah. And Which that's... I find funny because they're not even the best team in their division. <laughs> and that's super impressive, and uh, that's a statement made by a certain free agent watching out there that could potentially sign with a team. So mm-hmm. a good audition for the Cowboys, and he definitely saw it. Or the opposite way, and he may think, well, they don't need me. Ah, nah. And it's kind of how the Vikings. <laughs> nah, I don't think. Yeah, but, I mean, that would be a nice hey. combo there yeah, with oh, yeah. uh, Jefferson and uh, Odell. But yeah. I don't know what happened to Thielen. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't paid attention to a lot of Vikings football. Maybe uh, you should start. Maybe I should. Uh, the Bengals, they pulled one out there against the uh, Steelers. High-scoring affair, 37-30. to uh, 30. Uh, CBS in the middle of that Cowboys-Vikings game actually switched it up to uh, this as pathetic as an effort that the Vikings were putting out there. Uh, the CBS uh, decided to punt on the game and, hey, yep. watch this game instead. And it was the Bengals picking up the seven-point win and also – Nice job going uh, color opposites. You had the Steelers in all black, basically, with their normal helmets. Uh, but then uh, the white helmets and all white look for the uh, Bengals. You say that, Travis. It's very pleasing. You say that. But I, we also this weekend got UCLA and USC, and that, to me, is the best-looking game. Because it's the blue and the gold helmets of UCLA and the red jerseys. With with USC, it's just very pleasing on the eyes. Yeah, I can see that, but I also, you know, don't really like USC's reasonings for wearing I, the red jerseys. I agree. So I don't like the. They reasoning, should get. They should get over themselves. But it, it's very pleasing to the eyes to look at. Hmm. I guess so. I still hold it against uh, USC for that uh, 2006 Rose Bowl game. I never get over it, or what year was that? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, whatever the Rose Bowl that they smacked Illinois. Oh. I mean, I think two thousand six was the Texas USC Rose Bowl game, but one of the best college football games. Oh ever. yeah, for sure. 
Oh man, what an amazing, mm-hmm. definitely a worth it staying up late night in high school yeah. uh, for that being tired the next day. Uh, for sure, watching Vince Young run it in there. Awesome. Um, and then uh, speaking of awesome, this game ended up being uh, great too. I mean, these two teams almost always hit, but the Chiefs pulled one out 30-27 to over the uh, Chargers. Patrick Mahomes, 328 yards, three touchdown passes, all to uh, Travis Kelsey, six grabs, 115 yards, including the game winner uh, there with 31 seconds left. And the Chiefs get the win over Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Yep. Always entertaining when these two teams get together. And then uh, Monday Night Football this evening got the 49ers and the Cardinals, and I didn't even realize this until they were hyping it up, but yep. the game's in Mexico City Viva tonight. Mexico. Great. And uh, the Cardinals look to be uh, without Kyler Murray as well. He's going to be uh, sitting, and Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy is in for the Cardinals. So fourth continent we're going to be playing football on this year or fourth country mm-hmm. not continent yeah, fourth country yeah i know what you meant all it's right weird to be the four continents yeah you know north america south america europe and asia maybe a game in africa there you go i'm sure that's next Ooh, australia might be good but yeah 49ers now favored by 10 points here it's the cards in mexico so We'll be looking out for that. Vested interest in uh, for me for uh, tonight's game. Oh, really? Yeah. That makes one of us. Fantasy. Fantasy purposes. So, there is that. Yep. All right. Is there anything in the NBA, NHL that we need to talk about? Nope. Not at all. Nah. Nah. (laughs) We talked about the Bulls. We talked about the Pacers. We talked about Kyrie came back and the Nets won. Okay. And we talked about the Blues winning streak and the Blackhawks stink. Of course. Uh, the Devils are in action uh, tonight against uh, Edmonton. That's a great game there. Uh, the Bruins, they're off to an amazing start. They're against the Lightning tonight. It's very good. And then the Blues will try to keep that streak going at Enterprise. So those are the games that mentioned there. I will point out that the uh, Warriors have won their last two games, so the sky is falling at eight and nine now for Golden State. See, all oh, everybody panicking. That's nah, fine. They're fine. Warriors are fine. They're fine. By the way, at half a game out of the Pacific uh, lead is Sacramento. Just want to point that out. Mm. All right. Go Kings. Go Kings. Go Kings, Eric says. Yep. That's all I got. All you got. All right. So uh, we're going to get out of here for uh, today. So uh, we'll be back to uh, uh, recap all those uh, high school games and the Monday night game uh, going on uh, tonight. So we'll be back for you tomorrow. And until then, uh, thanks for listening. uh, Thanks for downloading. We will talk to you uh, tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, evening. Talk to you tomorrow.